Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. Welcome to Millennial 702. I'm Andrew. I'm Laura. And I'm Pamela. We're here recording on Martin Luther King Day. Um, so the day where everyone from across the ideological spectrum will cherry pick their favorite MLK quotes <laughs> and, um, you know, choose to ignore the ones that make them <laughs> uncomfortable. Um, also, people who are working to disenfranchise Black people in this country will talk about these great visions that MLK had of black and white children holding hands because that's all equality is, right? Mm-hmm, totally. Well, happy MLK Day to y'all. Maybe I should knock on wood, but um, I feel like the past week has been a lot better than the week prior. So thank goodness for that. And hopefully it's all uphill from here. I fucking hope so. But though something <laughs> weird did happen to me over the past week and this actually broke, so to speak, while we were recording our latest Bay Hangout with listeners. One of our listeners, Jennifer, was on Bumble, swiping on that dating app, and she found me on it. It's a picture of me with three other people at a bar. The three other people have their faces crossed out. <laughs> One of them is Pat. <laughs> And uh, it says grabbing drinks somewhere and just talking for about two and a half hours. Somebody is impersonating me on Bumble. I have never been more flattered in my life. I'm I'm so glad somebody looked at that photo and said, wow, that is not an unattractive person. So I'll make that my Bumble profile pick. <laughs> Are there more photos of you on this person's profile? Did we ask? I don't know. Swiper? I don't know. I just want to know what they're going to say. If somebody matches with them and then the person reaches out and is like, wait, are you Andrew Sims or from Millennial like, and MuggleCast? Or, I mean, even that aside, just like, hey, you want to hang out? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can't hang out when you're pretending to be somebody else. But I mean, you know, I was just very flattered by this. So I would like to thank the person who is impersonating me. I'm not I'm not offended at all. I think this is a great compliment. I noticed this was from a trivia night in Chicago when we won first place in a Harry Potter trivia night. We won a free two-hour open bar for us and friends. Best trivia night prize ever. And that's the envelope that I'm that I'm holding up there. But anyway, so that was in Chicago and Jennifer is in Chicago. So I feel like they may have pulled this picture from like the Chicago's Chicago Bar's Facebook page, maybe. I don't know. Oh, I hope that they that they actually like know who you are <laughs> and they hear you say thank you on the show. I don't think that's gonna happen. And then just like quietly delete the profile. Andrew, you should go and message them, but like clearly have a picture of yourself as your profile and reach out and be like, Hey, I don't know what it is, but you're kinda hot. <laughs> Give me back my likeness. <laughs> and the caption of the photo, like, what is up with that? Grabbing drinks somewhere and just talking for about two and a half hours. Who makes that a caption in a photo? Maybe they, they saw, like, the two-hour free open bar in the caption. <laughs> they went with that. Maybe, maybe. Is that supposed to be attractive? Like, going to a bar and drinking and talking for exactly two and a half hours? I just, that's a very odd caption to me. Well, 
Uh, in terms of things that we can celebrate, and we will get more into this later on in the episode, because there's a whole lot that's reportedly coming from Joe Biden starting on day one of his presidency, but he will reportedly be extending the pause on federal student loan payments and interest. So hooray. I was just getting ready to... um recertify my plan because originally payments were supposed to resume on January or on or after January 31st. And uh, that's not happening now. So I get, I guess, a few more months of knowing what it's like not to be buried under student loan payments every month. Uh, yes. Could only happen during a global pandemic. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Sorry, I'm just distracted by now because Jennifer is now telling us yeah, that, I saw that, too. that person was not <laughs> posing as me. After all, the per- person just posted a picture with me on their profile, but the other faces were crossed out. I'm confused. How could you mislead me, Maybe Jen? did Jennifer... <laughs> Cross out the other faces for privacy. For privacy, people. I guess so. Oh wow, Jen, you like totally ruined my year now. Thanks a lot. <laughs> I knew I wasn't so wait, attractive you... enough to be impersonated. Hold on, you know one of the people in the picture, then Jennifer must. I I don't. No, I mean if uh, I don't know, we're gonna have to wait. Who's in the picture with you? You said one of them is Pat, right? Pat. One of the one of them is another friend of ours, and the third person is a friend of that friend. So, so it's one of those two people. It's one of their profiles. See. Wait, what? No, <laughs> Jen That's is not in here right like, either. No, no, no. She's like, listen, I never said they were impersonating. Jen, I <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Did you take that around with it? I just saw like, did you we were recording up? during the Bay Hangout and I see a picture of me on Bumble and that my face is the only one you could see. So, yeah, I assumed that person was impersonating me. I didn't think that was a very large stretch. Uh, I would I would call Jen right now and get her on the phone and get her on the show right now. But just we have so maybe, much to talk about today. Time. I don't I don't have I don't <laughs> have time true. for this traitor to be on the show right now. That's so funny. <laughs> Hey, I think Griff has Jen, a good I idea. I went out and tweeted that. Now you're saying I, I like lied on Twitter too. Oh, oh man, Griff, Damn, I mean, you Jen. didn't lie. You really believed. So yeah, you know. Yeah, but now yeah, I feel to shit. the best of my knowledge, if you had signed an affidavit saying that, you'd be okay because it was to the best of your knowledge. Well, and then Jen, I said, "Oh, I felt bad that I tweeted it with your name, so I'm going to delete it." And then Jen, you were like, "Don't delete the tweet." <laughs> This is so funny. This is great. Um, Griff has a great idea in the Discord. He thinks that everybody should go out and create Andrew impersonation dating profiles um, just to give Andrew the the pep in his step that he needs at this new time of year. This is like when I was on Tinder a few years ago. One of our listeners swiped right on me and then pretended like he didn't know me and then surprised Laura on the show. Remember? That remember yeah. that Kyle who emailed us? Well, whatever. So I'm no longer on Cloud Nine. What do I have to be excited about anymore? Certainly well, not anybody thinking I'm attractive. Be excited for me, Andrew, because I finally got my new fridge. Um, <laughs> supply chains are so fucked up right now because of the pandemic. To put it in perspective, I had to buy a new fridge. I ordered it on October 1st, and it just got here on Friday. Oh, my gosh. Legit. Over three months. Yeah. And like, thankfully, I'm not living there right now. But can you imagine if somebody was just living without a fridge for three months? (laughs) Can you do that? Bachelor units, you know, that they rent for obscene prices in large cities, but they don't have anything except a hot plate. And then you have to bring a mini fridge with you. And like, yeah, it's bad. Is that the only... Is that the last appliance you guys needed, or are you guys backed up for other stuff, That too? is the last one. Oh, my gosh. That is the last one. Yeah, and I mean, to put it in perspective, there were other things we had to order that also took months, like a washer and dryer. Like, it, it's just ludicrous when you think about things that are just, like, everyday life necessities that are just so backed up right now because everything is, you know, trash. Yeah, yeah. Um, when we moved out here, it took us a few weeks to get a fridge, so we just bought a mini fridge for a couple weeks, and that of course sucked because you can barely fit anything into a mini fridge other than like drinks. But yeah, that's that's frustrating. At least you weren't living there, right? You know. I mean, I'm glad I'm not living there because it's uh, gutted. 
Right. You know what I mean? Imagine my janky life if I'm recording the podcast in my gutted (laughs) ass apartment. We can see clear across the entire building. You'd be able to uh, tell because you'd have a background. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Maybe I've been there the whole time. Maybe my green closet is just all a facade. Yeah, people in the Discord are talking about how new appliances are actually very exciting. They truly are. They are. But yeah, other people in the Discord too have mentioned that they've had some issues. This is. Um, a widespread occurrence for anybody who's like moving to a new home and updating anything or if you just had something break down. I know somebody whose stove died randomly and they had to order a new stove in November and uh, it's not going to get here till like February. It's just insanity. Just insanity. Um, But before we move on to the rest of the show, we'd like to share a quick word from one of our sponsors, Talkspace. It's always normal to reflect on the previous year when we turn the calendar from one year to the next. But this particular transition has come with a lot of challenges for all of us. Y'all know I usually have some kind of New Year's goal, but I'm having a little trouble feeling motivated since there is so much uncertainty around how much longer all of this is going to last. Before the election, I knew I needed to think ahead to prioritizing my mental health, and I am so glad I did. Talkspace has been a convenient option for me because it lets you send and receive unlimited messages with your dedicated therapist 24-7. With Talkspace, you set goals with your therapist and they hold you accountable and make sure you're really progressing. Therapy can really help you shift your perspective and find the tools to cope in difficult times. I am personally working on acceptance and trying to mitigate the frustration I feel about things I can't change, like people being dick noses in public. Uh, It's a work in progress, but it feels good to take the first step. Talkspace is a fraction of the cost of in-person therapy with the added benefit of being able to reach your therapist five days a week. I'm so glad I gave Talkspace a try and think you should try it too. As a millennial listener, you'll get $100 off your first month of Talkspace. To match with a licensed therapist today, go to Talkspace.com or download the app. Make sure to use code M-I-L-L to get $100 off your first month and show your support for the show. That's Talkspace.com and enter code M-I-L-L for $100 off your first month. I need to jump back to this Bumble situation again (laughs) for a minute because we're we're, we're running uh, ahead of time. The person, the other person in the Bumble photo is somebody named Ryan. And I sent this screenshot to Ryan. And I said, sorry about what happened to your face here. Because I thought that the imposter crossed out his face. And then he replied, ha 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 ha. Well, on the upside, your imposter isn't doing the thing where you have to guess which person in the group is them. But so was that actually Ryan? whose Bumble profile this was, and then he's pretending like that wasn't him on Bumble? Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> this has just opened a whole can of worms. Ryan's this probably... Really he's probably feeling called out right now because it's like, yeah. wow, my Bumble profile just got called out in the most public <laughs> exactly. way. Maybe it's, maybe it's the person who took the photo. I I don't think so. <laughs> but then that would be an imposter. I just, this is so weird to me. <laughs> this is like the uh, worst game of Among Us ever. Oh, this poor Ryan now. Now he must have been so embarrassed, assuming it was him. It's Fuck. So funny. Damn. Now I feel like shit. <laughs> <laughs> Jennifer's going to have to do some recon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You need to get more answers, Jen. I, I need to know if I just exposed Ryan's Bumble profile accidentally. But does, is he the type that would have said, I was chilling in the bar for exactly two and a half hours talking to friends? I don't know. Maybe. But, and it's not Pat, as far as I know, and it's not the girl. I don't think Jen is into girls. Anyway, so this is our final episode with Donald Trump as president, <laughs> which is very exciting. We are going to be watching it together, and we're going to release that as a variety show on Patreon. Do you two have any other plans for Inauguration Day? I mean, apart from the ways that I already celebrate from home, not really. Um, I'm just looking forward to that moment of relief and catharsis when I can finally exhale fully for the first time in a few years. 
um, I felt it a little bit around the election and then additionally when uh, we won the Senate runoffs here in Georgia, but it'll kind of be like the final confirmation that this chat, I don't want to say this chapter is completely over because it's not like he's going away, Um, but at least to know that there's a competent human being behind the wheel is going to be such a lift, I think. I don't, yeah, I don't have any um, special plans other than uh, what we'll be covering later. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I want to get up. I want to be awake when Trump leaves the White House. Like I would just love to watch that so much. You don't think he's going to so do much. that in the dark of night? I know. Well, yeah. <laughs> apparently, he's going to leave at like eight or nine a.m. and that's DC time, so that's way too early for us, Pam. But I don't know. Maybe I'll try to get up extra early anyway. And I'm thinking a nice, nice morning beer on this Wednesday morning. This is like morning. your royal wedding. Yes. This, yeah. <laughs> Though I'll be into those royal weddings next time, thanks to my interest in the crown now. <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm totally going to have a midday drink. I'll start with a beer in the morning, and then I'll have one during the inauguration as we are chatting while watching it. I'm excited. It's it's very exciting. The inauguration itself aside, it's very interesting to see. They have cameras all over D.C., right? And you're watching the the current president leave and the new president come in and normally you know they stand on the uh, steps of the white house and shake hands there's not going to be any of that this year but we're we're still going to get coverage step by step we'll probably see trump landing in florida and him walking wherever the hell he's going i love watching all of that watching this transfer of power live on television all morning but there's also going to be an inauguration primetime event pam yeah, they, I mean, I feel like they always have some special, a lot of special guests. I guess it's going to be a lot smaller this year, obviously, because of the pandemic. But there's a bunch of huge people that are performing. Lady Gaga is performing the national anthem. And then Jennifer Lopez is also on hand to do some kind of performance. But no details have really leaked about that. They were kind of among the first to be announced. But other people that will also be performing include the Foo Fighters Andrew's husband, Bruce, (laughs) John Legend, Demi Lovato, Justin Timberlake, and Garth Brooks, who was announced today. Garth Brooks' uh, involvement is actually pretty funny because he performed at the Obama inauguration, but then declined an invitation to perform at Trump's citing scheduling conflicts so he's back for, <laughs> for that's funny so he's a democrat yeah. he said it's not political but i right. think we could all read between the lines yeah 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 so that'll be cool that's a 90 minute event at night uh it looks like gaga and jennifer hudson are in the morning at the event itself but then everybody else is in that prime time event so that'll be fun to watch too and i thought we could just briefly um speak about the 1.9 trillion dollar covid relief package that biden is proposing um, which has a lot of really good stuff in it. It is in a lot of ways like a liberal wish list, um, starting, of course, with the $1,400 stimulus checks intended to um, supplement the $600 that some of us have already gotten. Not everyone's received theirs yet. Um, but they're also looking to boost weekly unemployment benefits to $400 through September. These were originally only $300 and they were set to expire in like June. Um, so they're definitely punting this a little bit to give people more time um, for recovery to set in. Plus, they're looking to do $25 billion in rental assistance for low and in, or for low and moderate income households who've lost jobs. This is a game changer. So many people have been forced into situations where they're like literally having to start GoFundMes to stay in their apartments. And that's just not the way that it should be in one of the wealthiest countries on the planet. Um, they're also looking to include $5 billion for struggling renters, um, another $5 billion for states and localities to assist in preventing homelessness. They're also going to continue the eviction moratorium through September. This was also set to expire in the spring. Um, and this is the big one that we've heard about so much for so long, the $15 minimum wage. Mm. This would be a game changer. Obviously, A $15 minimum wage doesn't solve every problem there is out there, but when you increase the federal minimum wage from $7 and whatever that it is right now to $15, you're you're having the effect of pulling so many people out of poverty. 
Um, not to mention they're looking to include a 15% increase in food stamp benefits through September. They're looking to give $1 billion to U.S. territories for nutrition assistance. I'm not sure if that's enough, to be perfectly honest, but I don't know a ton about that or the costs related to it. Um, also looking to reinstate paid sick and family leave plus $15 billion for small businesses. Uh, um and it's separate from the PPP that came out. So those are two separate programs. And then finally, drum roll, $20 billion for a national vaccination program. Yeah, yes. needle me, daddy. They're looking to institute um, federal vaccination sites in all the states. Yes, we really need this right now. Like, we are not in a place where we can claim to have stockpiles of vaccine and then leave it up to states to decide <laughs> how those get doled out. Because unfortunately, not every state is going to handle that um, in the most equitable way for the people who live there. So yes, mm -hmm. we definitely need some federal assistance in this regard. There's also a lot of other things that are included in this that we didn't talk about. Like Biden is looking to increase um, the child tax uh, credit and... Mm. Actually, rather than making it a tax credit, how this would work is people would actually get monthly payments throughout the year that amount to that tax credit rather than just getting a tax credit when it comes time for April 15th. Um, nice. So that would actually align us a lot more with most developing countries. <laughs> um, so that's really, really cool and also has the effect of pulling a lot of children out of poverty. That's huge. Um He's they've been busy. Here's here's what a competent administration looks like. Biden is also planning on signing several executive orders on Inauguration Day and many more in the days and weeks to come. He's basically mm -hmm. those first EOs are going to be undoing what Trump has done. He's yep. going to um, rejoin the Paris Climate Accords. He's going to reverse the Muslim ban. He's going to issue a mask mandate. He's going to extend eviction slash foreclosure restrictions. He's going to extend the pause on federal student loan payments slash interest. So it's going to be a busy couple of weeks. It's going to yes, be exciting to see all of Trump's shit undone. <laughs> well, what goes around comes around because he spent so much time trying to, you know, undo everything that Obama had. But aside from that, I just really think that there's no other way Kamala and Biden could have gone about this. They really need to be hitting the ground running like they are because, you know, if not, it would definitely not take long for people to start criticizing them for, you know, empty promises essentially yeah exactly and this is what we voted for we wanted all of this so yeah i saw david brought up a point that i saw happening on social um that really frustrated me and it's that certain members of congress are um trying to i don't know what they're trying to achieve with this but basically back in december slash november um, congressional Democrats were really pushing for the next stimulus check to be $2,000, and they could only get Republicans to agree with 600 And people like John Ossoff and Raphael Warnock ran on the promise that Democrats would get it up to $2,000. Um, and now, after we've realized that with Democratic control of the Senate, we'll be able to get the additional 1400 that was missing from the first payment. Some members of Congress are being like, 1400 does not equal 2000 and acting <laughs> like and, and acting like the Biden admin is like gaslighting people in some way. And it's like, mm -hmm. I just I don't think this is the hill that's worth dying on. No, like, really, you're getting into a semantic argument. Let's be straight up here to one two thousand dollar payment and one fourteen hundred dollar payment. That $600, it's like neither of those are enough to compensate people for the hell that we've gone through for the last 10 months. So I think we should stop acting like like um, that wasn't what was part that wasn't part of the promise initially. Um, mm -hmm. Many of these same congressional Democrats signed on to adding an extra $1,400 to the original $600 payment. That was their language. So they know exactly 
what was meant here, that the 1400 is to supplement the 600. And I just feel like getting into these petty squabbles is giving the GOP talking points to use to beat us in Congress in two years. So stop. <laughs> I just think it's dumb. Yeah. And I mean, another payment is probably going to be going going out before the year is over, I would assume, especially now that Biden's president and we have Congress, at, we have the Senate mm-hmm. and the House. There better be more. They do pick weird hills to die on. This seems like a, a silly argument to be having. Well, this is the thing that's so frustrating about Democrats is they will just rip each other up over stuff mm-hmm. like this. And yeah. Republicans are so good at getting in line behind an initiative that that's why we lose to them so fucking frequently. And I would think that Democrats would have learned this lesson by now, especially after four years of a Trump presidency. But seeing that they were already doing this when Biden hasn't even taken office yet was so frustrating to me. Well, speaking of strange hills to die on, right before Trump got impeached for a second time, a bunch of GOP lawmakers were engaging in a debate over whether or not uh, the House should actually move forward forward with this. Obviously, we know that they did. So it's a bit of a moot point. But one of the things that we haven't really touched on is how uh, quite a few Republicans really like to point the finger at liberal Hollywood whenever Trump is being scrutinized. And they did this again in light of what happened at the Capitol, uh, specifically Rep. Ken Buck of Colorado called out quite a few big names for past remarks they've made about Trump and seemingly also tried to make this weird connection between celebrity remarks about Trump that were violent and and the violence that happened at the Capitol, which are two separate things. Uh, So specifically, he said, the socialists in Hollywood joined their allies in Congress. Robert De Niro said that he wanted to punch the president in the face. Madonna thought about blowing up the White House. Kathy Griffin held up a likeness of the president's beheaded head, and nothing was said by my colleagues at this point in time. So calling out celebrity culture and how it leads to a divide in violence, but also saying that Democrats don't care when, uh, you know, people that are a little bit more liberal will use violent rhetoric Mm -hmm. to make a point. Uh, So what do you guys think about this? Well, first of all, I think a lot of people did condemn Kathy Griffin. Yeah. That one yeah. was I mean, she got shunned for a while. Yeah, she was canceled, basically. They love to complain about, they think that CNN is like the hub of liberal media. CNN banned her, mm-hmm. right? And like, yeah. even I remember when this happened, even on this show, we weren't okay with it. Right. I remember us talking about this on this show and it was like, no, like what purpose does it serve to do something like that on the other hand kathy griffin is not the leader of the free world and did not tell people all of her followers to go out and behead donald trump so we're really comparing apples and oranges here oranges here neither one of these things is okay but we need to stop acting like making drawing these false equivalencies between things that are not the same Not to mention these Democrats, when they brought up their concerns, they were basing those in fact and reality. The Republicans who incited this riot were blatantly lying about the outcome of the election and what people should do to stop the results from being certified. They were, like you said, apples and oranges in scenarios. So when people raise concerns like this, it's whataboutism. It's like, well, what about these guys? Remember what they did? Remember what they did? light years apart from each other but they don't care because they they got to say something they got to grasp at some straws yeah i think it's funny that he had to go to these lengths i guess they realized that the comparisons to blm demonstrations weren't working um because those you know what happened at the capitol and what happened over the summer with blm were again two entirely different things one of which was based in fact and reality and one of which was not um yeah the Antifa <laughs> excuse fell flat, too. It was Antifa. Those oh were Trump God. supporters. I loved the memes, like people putting up pictures of dogs having ripped all the furniture apart, being like, I'm so <laughs> glad you're home. Look what Antifa did. <laughs> <laughs> so and if you watch those videos, you can tell they're not Antifa. <laughs> no, as a <laughs> matter of fact. Which is made up fact, to begin with anyway. Yeah, right. Um, the New York Post put out 12 minutes of new footage recently in which you can see 
one one insurrectionist flipping through a notebook that he found in the Senate chamber. And he's literally caught on camera saying, I think Ted Cruz would want us to do this. Yeah. Has Ted Cruz condemned this yet? Nope. And there's this hilarious moment where they read what's on Ted Cruz's notebook and they're like, wait a second. He's against us. And then somebody else in the crowd is like, no, no, no. This is good. This is good. Oh, my <laughs> God. Yes. <laughs> so we have more politics and then some pop culture to talk about. But I wanted to talk about Love Book again. They are they are sponsoring this week's episode of Millennial. This is one of the best gifts out there. Love Book is a personalized gift that helps people express feelings that might be difficult to say out loud. It's also one of the most unique, heartwarming, and impressive gift ideas imaginable, so it's perfect for Valentine's Day. Most customers use a Love Book to revisit their fondest memories or to list the reasons why they love someone. Love Books are completely customizable, and people can use them however they like. You get to create the characters, what the characters are saying, and all the details on each page, but it's not overwhelming it's super easy to do and i can pretty much guarantee you that this book will get you laid because on top of creating this heartfelt book you can also include sex coupons in it and like who's gonna say no to giving you head after you give them such an impressive book with sex coupons in it yeah especially if there's a coupon yeah right everybody loves a good deal (laughs) plus if you really want to surprise them you can check out the x-rated pages they have pre-made pages depicting i'm not kidding threesomes and all kinds of other sex positions i was in shock when i saw these like i couldn't believe they went this far but they do because they know that's what people want please check them out you will not regret it and love book is a gift for anyone you care about your parents your children your partner your best friend even a teacher obviously for some of those people um you won't be using the x-rated pages there are hundreds of pre-made pages and illustrations for you to get started with and you're gonna have so much fun creating this whether you want to use them for valentine's day or not there is recipient of your love book will love it no matter when they receive it. Visit lovebookonline.com slash M-I-L-L to receive a special 20% discount only for our listeners. Again, that's lovebookonline.com slash M-I-L-L. And by the way, the prices of these books are very good. So this is a great, great, great gift idea. So I wanted to do a little WTF news segment as we talk about politics because there's been some funny stories as usual, but you know, we're about to lose Trump, so we gotta talk about these while we still can. Laura, you found one. Yeah, and to your point, Andrew, I think that we have not even begun to scratch the surface of the WTF news stories that will come out of this administration. I think as things become declassified, um, we're gonna learn things that will make our stomachs churn, to be quite honest. Um, This one is a great example of that. So it turns out that the Trump administration lied about the reserve of vaccine doses that they said we had. Um, They told governors to release the uh, vaccines from the reserve so that people could start getting their second doses, to which a number of state governors were like, there is no reserve of doses. We don't have them. So now we have people who have gotten their first round of vaccine who literally aren't able to get the second one because there's not enough available to fulfill all of the requests. Unbelievable. I would expect nothing less. Yeah. (laughs) Or nothing more from this administration. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I guess less in this situation. Um, And you know what's frustrating? If Biden gets the vaccine rollout together... Trump and his people are going to be taking all the credit, even if Biden did all the work. Whatever. So I'm not looking forward to that. Um, some other WTF news. Rudy Giuliani, he was blaming Game of Thrones for his capital attack speech. So you guys might remember that he caught. So on January 6th, he um, told the Trump worshiping people in D.C. to have a trial by combat. And a couple days later, somebody said, so about those comments that probably incited the mob, Rudy said, oh, I was referencing the kind of trial that took place for Tyrion in that very famous documentary about fictitious medieval England. He's talking about Game of Thrones. (laughs) I didn't realize he called it a... Oh, my God. But there's no (laughs) metaphor there. Like, that's literally a trial by combat. It's not like... He said, oh, we should we should impose a game of wits like in The Princess Bride, you know? <laughs> he went on. 
when Tyrion, who is a very small man, <laughs> is accused of murder, he didn't commit murder. He can't defend himself, and he hires a champion to defend him. I didn't pick Rudy for a Game of Thrones fan. I feel like somebody else put this in his head or something. Yeah. So wait, is he saying, like, I don't understand the connection. I don't either. I don't think Trump wants to be known as a very small man. (laughs) What the fuck? And then another WTF news story. And this again, it's like, like you said a couple minutes ago, Laura, we're going to be learning about these stories long after Trump leaves the White House. Taxpayers have been paying $3,000 a month for Ivanka and Jared's Secret Service protection to have a bathroom to use because the Trumps have not allowed their Secret Service protection to use one of the six bathrooms in the house that they're protecting. And the story gets weirder, weirder. These Secret Service people were initially using a bathroom at Obama's house in the same neighborhood. But one of the people from Trump's team took a nasty ass shit in the Obama bathroom. And then Obama's Secret Service people said, hey, you can't use our bathroom anymore. What the fuck, you nasty people? It's (laughs) I don't even have words for this. I saw it and I thought it had to be an onion story. I know. No, this is from the Washington you know, Post. They had time. <laughs> okay. So, I mean, think about this. We've, ta- U.S. taxpayers have paid well over $100,000 for Jared, for Javanka's <laughs> Secret Service protection to have a bathroom to Ugh. use. I think it was like some basement apartment next door to the house or something like that. Yeah. And of um, course, it's in D.C., so it's $3,000 a month. Right. I mean, it's, pro- you know, it's the size of a postage mm-hmm. stamp and it's $3,000 a month. But yeah, I'm just like, how many kids do they have? Like, do they do their six bathrooms need to be open and available at all no. times? Like, I just don't. Also, it's not like they clean their own bathrooms. Right. I right. know that. We all know that. It's literal classism and like just a lack of respect for anybody who has any kind of like job that they actually have to do who isn't some rich bitch who just gets to sit around all day and get appointed uh to fancy positions that daddy right gave to them it's you not know? like the secret service people are slobs or apparently one was who took a nasty shit in obama's bathroom but you know they're they're professional they're wearing suits like they weren't gonna be like pig pen walking into your house and making a mess down the hallway or something it's very bizarre But this actually reminded me of a a kind of a random story. So when I was a kid one time, one of my best friends was over my house for a play date. We were probably like 12 or 13 at the time. And his dad comes and picks him up. And his dad knocks on the door and says to my parents, hey, can I use your bathroom real quick? Real quick. And my parents say, oh, sure. Yeah, you're just picking up your kid, you know, whatever. Well, my friend's dad takes a giant dump on our main level, in our main level bathroom, completely stinks up the main level of the house and then leaves with his kid. It's like, dude, you're just picking up your kid real quick. You couldn't hold in your shit for another 15, 20 minutes that you got home? I guess not. <laughs> when you gotta go, you gotta but go. But the nerve to stink up somebody else's house when you're just in and out really quick, I thought was so ridiculous. Oh my God. See, I can, I can hear... Jared and Ivanka having this conversation like, oh, the nerve that these people have protecting our lives, potentially putting themselves between us and a bullet. How dare they stink up our bathroom? But that house is big enough where, you know, the smell probably wouldn't waft everywhere. Right. My house wasn't so big. I didn't have the same luxury. But that story has always right. stuck with me because we're like, that asshole, he comes in real quick, takes a dump and then leaves. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Andrew, uh, this is a story that I think will resonate with you. Um, women on Bumble Ugh, too soon. have been changing their <laughs> political affiliations to conservative and finding dudes who participated in the uh, Capitol insurrection and luring them into sending photo and video evidence of their participation, which they're then forwarding to the FBI. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and heroes. I just thought this was hilarious. Like, this is the best use of a dating profile. I thought about it, but by the time I was going to go do it, um, Bumble had actually removed their political filter in response to this so that people couldn't do this anymore, which I feel like such a lost opportunity, Bumble. Why would you want to stop people from outing 
uh, white supremacists who participated in a coup against I mean, democracy. There, there's always Tinder and Hinge. Yeah. <laughs> so I hereby allow my photos to be used on any profile that is accomplishing the same thing. <laughs> um, and there are also investigations into members of Congress who may have had prior knowledge of the Capitol attack. I think it's pretty obvious now that they did. Um, certainly our intelligence agencies did. But what's going on is there are a couple of members of Congress who are being accused of potentially having led capital tours for insurrectionists in the days ahead of the attack, um, namely Lauren Bobert, Babert, not sure the correct pronunciation of her name, um, the Republican representative from Colorado, um, one of her congressional colleagues said that he saw her leading such a tour. And apparently it's not terribly common for Congress people to lead tours of the Capitol. So it's disturbing. Yeah, it is disturbing. The the possibility um, that this could have happened. She's fervently denying it at this point. So there's no official reporting um, that, you know, confirms that. But there's certainly enough firsthand um, knowledge from other congressional colleagues that points to the fact that this may have happened. Doesn't necessarily mean that she was giving the tour to insurrectionists, but um, I have a feeling the truth will come it's out. Suspicious. <laughs> Eventually. It's very suspicious. It is very suspicious. Yeah. It's funny because when you when you pair that with uh, what AOC said in her Instagram live, it's chilling. Yeah. You know, she was talking about how she felt like she couldn't get to the safety point that was designated because she didn't trust some of the, her colleagues, like her own colleagues, to keep her safe mm-hmm. or not to hand her over. It's incredibly unsettling. And and um, I really hope that they're able to get to the bottom of yeah. this because it's not right. And we don't know exactly what happened, but AOC did also share that she had an interaction um, that made her think she was going to die. Yeah. Something yeah. happened. She's not talking about what it was due to security concerns. But um, when you pair that with the possibility that members of Congress may have been aware of this ahead of time, paired with the fact that panic buttons were removed from Ayanna Presley's office. Um, she's another member of the squad who is frequently the subject of um, death threats and a lot of um, scrutiny from critics. So it it paints a picture that do- doesn't seem to put uh, congressional Republicans in the best light. Yeah. That's for sure. Okay, so let's talk about what we've noticed in pop culture over the past week. So I've turned into a pretty big Jeopardy fan. I think I mentioned that on last week's episode. Pam, you've always been a Jeopardy viewer, right? Yeah, I really like Jeopardy. I watch it on and on, so not religiously every night, but I just think it's On so and fun. off, you mean? I think you said on and on. Oh, yeah, on and off. So Ken Jennings has been guest hosting Jeopardy for the past couple of weeks. I think he's done a pretty good job. He's hosting six weeks of episodes, it looks like. I know he filmed 30 of them. I feel like he should become the permanent host of Jeopardy. They already have some other guest hosts lined up. They've got Katie Couric, Bill Whittaker, uh, Mayim Bialik, and um, some others, including Jeopardy's executive producer. But I feel like Alex Trebek is the heir apparent. Right. Ken Jennings. Yeah. Ken parent. Jennings. Sorry. I know. I was like, is Alex he coming, is coming back? back. Andrew, he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I think that, I mean, obviously there have been other big winners in terms of Jeopardy's history, but Ken Jennings is a name that most people are familiar with. I think that he he's doing a really good job. I don't think anybody would be upset if he took over the reins. Yeah. He's friendly. You know? He's smooth. I think he makes he's smart. He's very smart. I think he makes the Mm -hmm. contestants feel comfortable uh, if they get questions wrong. So he's kind of welcoming in that way. I just I just feel like he's the shoe in. I don't know who else would have uh, will be able to pull this off so well. And I think the fact that they filmed six weeks of episodes with him, whereas these other people are only getting a week hints that they're grooming him to be. Alex's permanent replacement. Yeah, like he he won't because he's too busy. But I feel like the only other person I could think of that would 
probably do a good job is Anderson Cooper. Yeah. Because you want somebody that, that looks while. like they know the answers. Yeah. You know? Like you don't want somebody that that is like faking their knowledge, basically. Yeah. And obviously he's got a ton of television experience already, including at least one game show. He used to host that show, The Mole, I think, on NBC yeah. or ABC. And uh friendly dude, of course. So yeah, that would that would that's a good point. But I think it's gonna be Ken. I'll put my money on Ken. And I know Laura's mm-hmm. like, oh, isn't Jeopardy just for like olds? Yeah. yeah, it's Andrew and I are grandparents. Yeah, but honestly, <laughs> it's a very good game show. It's very exciting. I think I also like I it because it reminds cable. me of like I really like to do the crossword puzzle too, like an old lady, and it's very crossword puzzle. Uh-huh. But yeah, in TV form. Yeah, and it, it's very mm-hmm. competitive. It's not on cable. It's uh, I mean, it's basic cable, so you could buy an a- antenna if you really wanted to watch Jeopardy. It's on uh, ABC. Laura's <laughs> like, fuck no, I, you old. I'm not gonna buy an antenna. <laughs> That's for old people, too. (laughs) Oh, go ahead. So you have a better TV show to talk about. Yeah. Has anyone watched the first two episodes of WandaVision? Hell yeah. Yes. Oh, my gosh. So we're going to talk a little bit about this today. It's going to be a spoiler-free discussion. So let's not bring up anything that isn't, like, readily apparent from the trailers. A lot of what I want to touch on is stuff that's, like, readily apparent from the trailers. Um, But I just thought this was such an interesting format for a Marvel show. Like the idea of a sitcom within a sitcom within something seemingly more nefarious going on was really cool. What did you guys think? Yeah, it's very different. And I think Marvel can take risks like this because they've already done so well. And then you couple that with Disney Plus Mm -hmm. where you can have a little more fun with your storylines. I had no clue what was going on. Uh, So I went online and I tried to read some fan theories. And while I don't think anybody knows the true answer, I think uh, the theories that I read made a lot of sense. My, My initial guess was that Wanda was in some sort of simulation. And that seems to basically be the case. But I won't. Mm-hmm. say anything else yeah i mean even from the trailers that's sort of implied um i will say watching this with mark who is like a marvel super fan and he has like encyc- encyclopedic knowledge of um just marvel in general it was really interesting because uh like every five minutes he would pause because there was some kind of easter egg um so this show while it's very enjoyable for general audiences. The writing is really good. It's funny. Um, the story is compelling. There are so many Easter eggs for Marvel super fans in there to give you more of an idea of what might be going mm-hmm. on. So if you're interested in more of that, I would definitely recommend rewinding and rewatching like the commercials that they show for some of the products that they advertise. Those are so fun. During, yeah, during the sitcom. Mm-hmm. Um And also paying attention to some of the character names because certain character names that are mentioned pretty frequently um, are, at the very least, nods to characters that might have influenced WandaVision from the comics. So if you're big into um, doing a deep dive and looking for Easter eggs, I would highly recommend that. And... Much like uh, The Mandalorian, the episodes are pretty much bite-sized. They're like 30 to 40 minutes. Mm -hmm. Really easy to get through. Um, And I'm also looking forward to having this as like our appointment television show for the next few weeks. Right. I think from here on out, Disney Plus is aiming to release a new episode of a Marvel TV show every week for eternity, probably. That's great. Because after this is (laughs) going to be Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and then after that is going to be something else. What if, maybe? I don't know. But And then the other cool thing about WandaVision that I'll say is that we know something's going on, but we have no clue what's going on right now. Like, you know, something is going to happen. But for now, we're just kind of like watching this sitcom and everything looks pleasant for the most part. But there's something underneath it all. So it's like, okay, when's it going to happen? Until it's not. Right, right, right. But when is the big thing going to happen? Something's going to change radically all of a sudden, I Mm -hmm. think. Right. Like there are moments like they really, you know, they are writing these like the old school black and white sitcoms of the 50s and 60s um so it's like lots of like peachy all-american dialogue and then really creepy things happen 
out of nowhere. And it totally shifts the tone and really helps you realize that all is not as it seems. And uh, Shane is asking for Mark to please explain what was happening in WandaVision. So we'll see if we can get him on like a hangout or something to do that. Because I know I don't have next, a lot of background in variety it. I show, it's just Mark in a PowerPoint presentation. <laughs> I know. It's, hey, he actually made one of those for oh, um, yeah. like all the films to watch oh, in the yeah, MCU before yeah. Endgame. I followed that. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of Marvel, there was a hot new rumor that dropped last week about Chris Evans potentially returning as Captain America. This report originally came from Deadline, fairly reputable in terms of entertainment news, uh, but obviously you should still take it with a grain of salt until Marvel and or Disney come out and like fully confirm. Uh, but Deadline said that Evans was in talks to return to the MCU, not just for one project, but perhaps for more than one. And then Chris Evans later took to Twitter, seemingly to address the rumors tweeting news to me. And I thought that this was really interesting because, you know, we all saw Avengers Endgame. Obviously, I know probably a huge number of people listening also saw Avengers Endgame. And it really kind of seems like they wrapped up Steve Rogers' storyline in a nice way. Would you guys agree with that? <sighs> yes. Can they get, yeah. can they let go of anything? Can they just move on instead <sighs> of leaning know. back on the hits? So we're not into this. No. You know what, though? I could be. It depends on how they would do it. And I think the way they could do this is through the multiverse. Um, because at this point, they've opened the possibility of these multiple timelines, like we see with um, the Loki show. You know, obviously, um, that's a different timeline from the one that we recognize um, in Infinity War, where. Uh, Loki's story also seems to have been wrapped up. Um, but due to them meddling with time during Endgame, we actually see that Loki was, or at least that version of Loki, was able to escape um, his would-be fate later on, right? And then it opens up a whole new timeline. Um, so I think that given that Steve would have had to navigate that, uh, in order to get his uh, ending in Endgame, presumably he could have had some adventures through the timelines when he was going and putting the Infinity Stones back. So there could be some adventures to chronicle there. And it could be interesting to see him moving through time um, because, of course, we got to see Steve Rogers adapting to the modern day when he's a man of the 40s, right? So he had some difficulties, um, you know, getting accustomed to that. It could be interesting to see him move through the decades. Why I don't like it is because I just feel like it's a money-making move. It's a cash grab. I mean, it totally is. Yeah, so, like, I just have to roll my eyes at this. Like, I have full confidence that Marvel can move on from the original set of Avengers in time successfully. And they don't need to go back to Captain America after just a couple of years. It's kind of like how, you know, Han Solo died in Force Awakens. And then they immediately create a spinoff movie called Solo, you know, just to continue uh, cashing in on Han Solo. Yeah. And then, of course, he did reappear in the final movie, the final Star Wars movie, which I thought was fine because that was quick. But um yeah i know it's just it doesn't sit right with me it's too soon maybe in like 10 years from now that would have been cool but already eh. yeah but he i yeah, mean in 10 I years mean... chris evans will not look the same <laughs> so. exactly CGI does wonders that is true there we go i mean i my hope is that they give anthony mackie a chance to really step into the role and make it his own um i would hate for them to like overshadow his introduction as the new Captain America by being like, hey, the OG Cap is back, you know? Right. That's my only concern. Yeah. That's my biggest concern as well, because obviously, you know, Chris Evans played, I, I can't think of a better person to have embodied that character, and he did it so well. But because of that, you know, I think that the too soon factor really could 
potentially hurt what they've got going or like the potential to expand Mackie's stint as Captain America beyond the limited series we're going to get. We don't really know what their plans are for him now um, or whether like that the show will kind of just be it or they'll slot him back into the MCU. They're kind of just playing in a whole new ball field because Mm -hmm. all of these projects are now interlinked. All right. We have some recommendations for everybody. But first, our final sponsor this week is one of our favorites to tell you about because it's the only one that actually saves you money, honey. It's honey. And honey is here to tell you that thinking is overrated. Between work, home, school, kids, relationships, the world, you've got enough on your plate to think about. That's why Honey is here to make at least one aspect of your life a lot less complicated, and that is saving money. Just add Honey to your computer for free and shop on lots of your favorite websites like normal. If Honey finds a coupon, it will automatically tell you, applying the correct codes and dropping the price in a flash. No thinking, no remembering, no searching, just blissful automation. It's already found over $1 billion in savings automatically. Thanks to Honey, I get to focus more on finding the perfect home decor, for example. Honey is literally a no-brainer. In just a few seconds, you could have one less thing to worry about. So what are you waiting for? Try Honey today at joinhoney.com slash M-I-L-L. That's joinhoney.com slash M-I-L-L. Support Millennial by supporting our sponsors, and that includes using those URLs. Thank you very much. We all use Honey here. It is so great. Like, godsend. So easy to use. It's ridiculous. Seriously. Yeah, it's really a no-brainer. Uh, And we also just wanted to quickly say that today's episode has been sponsored by listeners like you over at patreon.com slash millennial. We always just like to take a beat during the show to recognize all of you um, for helping us keep the show going. It's been so heartening, um, especially over the course of the pandemic, for all of you to stick with us during this time. Uh, We really couldn't do it without you. And we just love the little community that we have over there. And if you're interested, you can sign up for as little as $2 a month. And there's just a lot of bonus content over there, stuff going all the way back to 2015 when we first started. So uh, if you're in need of content to keep you occupied over the next few months of um, the pandemic, you can head on back to 2015 and uh, see what our takes were on life before uh, COVID times. Before times and before Trump. (laughs) Before times. (laughs) And then, of course, we're obviously releasing a lot of new material every week. So you don't have to jump back to 2015 if you don't want to. But yeah, there's a ton of material there for you. Time for some recommendations. So every once in a while, you see everybody talking about something on Twitter and you're like, okay, I have to jump in on this. This new film hit video on demand over the weekend, Promising Young Woman. Pam, have you at least heard of this? I've heard of it, but I haven't seen it yet. You gotta watch it. You will love it. Laura, you really should too. I want you guys to go in cold, so I'm not going to share many details. I will just say it's a revenge movie. Don't watch a trailer or anything else. Go in cold. It's It's an excellent movie. The only problem is you have to rent it, and it's $20 because it's brand new. That sucks. Ah, uh, okay. Oh, man. Okay. But I think you're going to get your money's worth. But it's, it's I do a... love revenge, so... And you'll pay $20 watch to watch it. revenge. <laughs> <laughs> well, my recommendation is not nearly as fun as revenge sounds, but since we're all still social distancing, hopefully, I wanted to recommend this site that my friends found over the weekend called Backyard.co. Um, it's basically like a free... Jackbox. So if you don't want to shell out for that or you haven't yet, you can go on here and it runs super smooth. You guys can video call while you're playing games that are very similar to Code Names, Cards Against Humanity, Drawful. Uh, they have a hot seat simulator as well. So it's just a, a good time if you're looking for something fun to do for a night. Awesome. That's cool. And similar to Pam, um, I would like to recommend something that's fun to do while we're all staying inside, uh, Hunt a Killer. This is something that I'd seen advertised for quite a while because I'm like into all things true crime. Um, I see it in my Facebook feed all the time, but I have actually gotten a chance to um, play this because my mom got um, a subscription for Family for Christmas so that we would have... Um, something different to do. 
And we just finished or we just started our second box the other night. We're going to be finishing it tonight, but it is a ton of fun. And the materials they send you have so much detail. Um, Like you'll get letters and they all look like they're handwritten and there's ciphers in the letters. And you have to like go to the website to look at the cipher guide to figure out which kind of cipher you're working it with and like kind of figure it out from there. Um, And there's also like police reports and testimonies and things like that. But it's really fun because you'll be assigned a specific task with each box. So like with our last box we have, or the current one we're working on, we have to figure out um, which of the potential suspects we think actually couldn't have been the murderer, like who we think must be absolutely innocent. And then you send the answer um, to your... um, PI that you're working with and they let you know whether you were correct or not. And I think there are also opportunities to get hints. So it's a lot of fun uh, and an easy way to uh, pass the time with anyone that you're at home with. Cool. And you can play it online too. All right. If you have any feedback about today's episode, you can email millennialshow at gmail.com or use the contact form on millennialshow.com. And you can also follow us on social media. We are Millennial Show on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. All right. One last time during Trump's presidency. Thank you, everybody, for listening. <sighs> I just can't wait. I'm just I'm just so excited. Uh, <laughs> it's surreal. Next week, we're going to talk about what we learned over the past four years and how we've changed politically, um, because I know I've changed in a bunch of ways, and I'm looking forward to applying those things to the Biden administration. So we'll talk about that more next week. For now, I'm Andrew. I'm Laura. And I'm Pamela. Bye, everybody. See ya. See ya.